Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Stocks for beginners. So if you're looking for these opportunities and can train yourself to, you know, turn off the television, turn off Facebook, turn off all these distractions, and then repurpose your time, then you can turn your time, because they always say, right, time is money, right? And this is one manifestation of that, where how you use your time will turn into money or it will turn, it will turn into whatever you're investing it in. Hi, and welcome back to Stocks for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. For many struggling with poverty, financial training isn't available for one simple reason. There's no money to be made. You can't make money off people who don't have money. My guest today has a mission and vision to find ways to help and serve people in poverty with financial education. Hello, Tony. Hey, Philip. Thanks for having me on the show. No worries. Thank you. Tony Bradshaw is the author of The Millionaire Choice and the host of The Millionaire Choice podcast. Tony sums up his work as the Millionaire's Manifesto, aspiring to create a movement of financially educated and wealthy people who will make it their mission to fight poverty and help those in need. Tony, you were raised in a financially messy home in Nashville, which I believe that's where you still live. Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. I'm, mm. I'm 50 years old, 51 actually, uh, just a few days. Uh, raised in Nashville, my parents, my dad still lives in the same home that he grew that I grew up in. They bought it when I was about a year old. Yeah, and uh, needs a little bit of work. Had a tree that fell on it. This this uh, from the tornadoes. If you watch the news, we get a few tornadoes <laughs> yes. here in Nashville. So, and uh, but yeah, it's definitely a financially messy home. Uh, but um, they didn't teach you to play the guitar? Did you learn guitar as a kid? I mean, I thought they would have <laughs> taught that in elementary school. <laughs> no, I learned how to swing a hammer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so tell us about growing up and um, about your family. And obviously you love your family, but um, they weren't very good with money. No, you know, it's interesting. I think kids are so resilient that we don't really realize what's going on around us at the ages, you know, unless it's really, really bad, then it, it does. But my parents uh, both grew up in broken homes. My dad uh, basically had to take care of himself from uh, 10th grade on. He dropped out of school in the 10th grade. And so he didn't have a role model, a father figure, or even really a mother figure in his life that was dependable. My mom, on the other hand, uh, had, was raised in a single parent household Um my father, a grandfather, was uh, alcoholic, womanizer, and so they split up pretty uh, pretty early, I think. And then my my grandmother had to raise three or four kids, so my mom really didn't have anybody to pattern like she didn't have a healthy home life. I think that's very important uh, for stability. But my parents, because they didn't have those things, they went above and beyond in trying to provide those for me and my sister. And and it was really interesting to see that because they they did that in spades, right? They they gave us they probably gave us too much, right? It's not that we had a lot of things, but the things that they could provide for us, they didn't hold back. You know, there was uh, one Christmas I remember, uh, my mom they didn't have good Christmases growing up, so they would sp- they spent like a thousand dollars. They wanted to have a blowout Christmas, so they spent a thousand dollars on each of us. Uh, for Christmas, got us water beds, got us you know, all these things. And I'm, and looking back, I'm like, that was the dumbest thing that you could have ever done with your money. It's like, you know, kids get, you know, it's like, Hey, 
you know, uh, you don't have to spend that much on kids to ha- to have a good Christmas. It's what you make of the time and, and what's really important. But I do appreciate that they did that. And my mom, I think her love language, if you know, the five love languages by Gary Chapman, um, is probably gifts, you know, she likes to give gifts. And so she, that's how she kind of expressed love. And that's what she did. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're giving these kind of gifts and letting your kids have things when your power's getting cut off or your water's getting cut off or you're bouncing checks regularly. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that, that didn't kind of jive. Right. And so you're sacrificing one thing for this other thing that really maybe isn't as important or isn't important. But, uh, you know, that's that's the life that we grew up in and not making uh, great financial choices, but doing the best you can. Right. And then at 25, I was kind of doing the same thing. Right. So you kind of mirror what you've been shown. And I was kind of doing the same thing. But fortunately, I kind of woke up from that. So I got my first W-2 out of college. Made thirty nine grand, but I was sixteen thousand dollars in debt, and that math just didn't add up for me. Thank God I, you know, had calculus three right because I understood numbers and math, and I'm like that math isn't working, and I got to make a change. That's a big deal, and that's when I began my financial journey. So what happened? Uh, let's go back to twenty five year old Tony. What changed, and uh, what was the process you went through, and was it all self generated? Yes, it was. Um, you know, I think the things that when I think back to my mindset at twenty five. You know, I, I was making more money than my mom was making. So I was pretty prideful about that. I'm like, here I am making, you know, 24, 25 years old, making $39,000. My mom's making 35 grand. She's been working at this for, you know, 25 years. She's, you know, 20 years older than me. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. A little bit full of myself. I mean, most 20 year olds are, 20 something year olds are, right? And, uh, and I thought, felt pretty good about myself. And then I got the W2. I looked at that $39,000. And I thought about it. I'm like, man, I'm $16,000 in debt. What do I have? Like that money, like I've only got 500 bucks in my checking account. I made 39 grand last year. I've never seen that much money in my lifetime. And fortunately, I had that thought because I, I looked around. I was living in a studio bedroom apartment at my parents' house. I, I looked at that and I'm like, man, I've got $13,000 uh, of car debt. So I financed a car. I've got probably about two grand on a computer that I financed and a thousand dollars miscellaneous consumer debt on credit cards. And I'm like, that's not a good, that's not a good formula. I made 39 grand. I'm 16 grand in debt. That's a a $55,000 move in the wrong direction. Like that's not going to work. So that's what caused me to go, you know what? I've got to shift. I've got to change. I can't, what I did that year, I could never do again. And that's really the simplicity of how I looked at it. Fortunately, that was the it was a small hole to dig out of, not a large hole. And so I started learning uh, what I call getting money smart. Now I started learning everything I could about money. You know, reading magazines, but you know it was pre-internet. There weren't a lot of resources on the internet back then. But learned everything I could, and I really realized, you know, money is really not that complicated, Philip. It's it's just not. It's it's a, it's a numbers game, right? And uh, it's a little bit more than that, but it's simplest form for me. It was a numbers game. And I did the math and I went, you know what? I think I can be a millionaire at age 40. So I went from being this broke guy, not managing his money, not even knowing what money was really, um, just spending it to believing that I could be a millionaire by age 40. And and the transition there for me was really this wake up call. And I think some people have that wake up call when they have a lot of pain. So, you know, if you're having money fights with your wife, you have to shift, right? And so what I find is that people shift when they have a lot of pain or they shift when they want something different. And for me, it was something different, like an opportunity. My pain wasn't that bad. 
but I knew that it, it wasn't working. And I, and I think what happens, it did for me was you get, you latch onto this vision, right? And so in up here, you know, Dave Ramsey is a big name that runs around up here in, in uh, America and, his mindset is, you know, get debt free. So he provides people with a debt free vision. Well, I went and I did debt free, but also did millionaire vision at the same time. So the shift that happened for me is I went from spending every penny I made to going, Hey, let's simply, let's see our cash flowing in the right direction. Like I don't want to budget every dollar. So I started living off about a thousand dollars a month. So I, I, sh- I shaved back my living expenses to a thousand. So 200 to my mom, 800 to me. And then I started paying on debt. So about a third of my money went to debt and then a third of it started going to investing. So about a thousand, one thousand and one thousand. That's roughly the ratio I was working with. And uh, within about 18 months, I was able to pay off all my debt and also have about eighteen thousand dollars in, you know, investment funds, mostly mutual funds. I was doing half of mine was going into mutual funds. Half of it was going into stocks. I was trading tech stocks at the time and uh, Intel, Cirrus, AMD. Um, Micron Technologies, and uh, I think Dell Computer might have been one. Maybe uh, I think those were the four or five I was jumping between, and making pretty good, doing pretty well with that. You know, for a, a starter, a starter uh, investing startup investor, and and yeah, that was kind of my plan. And I just kind of rolled on that until uh, my wife came into the picture, and she shifted my financial goals a little bit. <laughs> and started having kids. <laughs> yeah, just food for thought for uh, you know when you don't you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> how much how expensive kids That's are right, right? Yeah. i was trying my best to convince my wife to do cloth diapers man because i didn't want to pay that fifteen hundred dollars a month for for a uh, fifteen hundred dollars for a kid per kid for those uh, disposable diapers hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week I received a message from a listener who was asking about how to get ahead when you're just living from paycheck to paycheck. And from the sound of things, she was on minimum wage. I mean, it's very hard for some people because, you know, you you sort of started from a reasonable level with a reasonable job. But uh, there are many people living in absolute close to near poverty, aren't there? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, over 70% of people up here in America are living paycheck to paycheck, you know, and and uh, it's it's not good. Now, a lot of those are that's self-inflicted. Right. So it's not 77 percent are living paycheck to paycheck because they're that broke or they don't have enough money. It's just they're mismanaging what they do have. But there is another group of people who uh, just don't have the level of income they need to meet their basic needs. Any thoughts on advice for them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same. So when you go back to, I have to rewind the clock later. So, you know, when I was a 25, I had a pretty decent wage for the day. Now that, that, that wage today is not that great, right? Um, it's not a, a, an astounding amount of money, but what I have to do is rewind the clock back to when I started my working career, you know, at age like 10, 11, 12, 13, because my mom, uh, put me to work at her convenience store. So she was a manager at a convenience store and she was a really good manager. So they gave her three convenience stores to manage and a uh, very transient work style 
you know, employees coming and going, employees stealing from you. My mom was working 80 to 100 hours some of the weeks. She would go up at 2 a.m. in the night just to catch her employees stealing beer out of the out of the thing. Like literally their friends would pull their cars up to the door, back up and then open the trunk and they would just start loading cases of beer in from the store. And she'd catch them and fire them on the spot. Uh, you know, getting robbed by gunpoint. That was the life that my mother, you know, grew up trying to provide for our family. But what happened at that point is when she was able to get me a job, I was making, I believe, $3.35 an hour back then. Of course, this was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, and and I kept thinking, like, if I could just make another dollar an hour, like things are going to change, you know. And then I made another dollar an hour and nothing changed. And then you start thinking, well, if I could just make another dollar an hour, things will change. And it doesn't change. So you have to, what you have to do is get ahead of that kind of thinking because that's an hourly wage-based thinking. And the, the problem with, with that is, is we are limited with what we can accomplish by our own thinking. So the first thing you have to do is change your mindset and your thinking. Go, hey, these are my circumstances today. But these don't have to be my circumstances tomorrow. What am I going to do to change my circumstances for tomorrow? And the way you do that is it comes down to using one of your most valuable assets you have, which is your mind, right? You have to train your mind um, both in the financial world. You have to learn about finances, but you also have to learn about uh, career sets, right? So if you're going to use a a job-type model to increase your standard of living, you have to increase your value in the marketplace, and the only way you're going to do that is by learning a new skill or learning some, learn sales, right? So if you're trapped in a minimum wage job, well, that's probably not a sales job, right? Because sales typically is if you can become a good salesperson, which anybody can do sales, anyone can do sales. But if you can master that skill set, you know, you have a lot more opportunity. Sales jobs typically pay on average a lot more than, you know, obviously fast food, right? So you have to, you have to invest in yourself. And I've got some, uh, you know, I started doing that at a very young age. Like if I did anything right at a young age, that was it. But that's, if I was talking to that lady that you mentioned, that's what I'd tell her. I would say, hey, this is where you are today, but it doesn't yeah. mean you have to be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, invest in yourself, grow yourself, you know, go to the library, learn something new. Um, and the other one would be attach yourself to people that are where you want to go, right? Yep. So I, I let go of a lot of my friendships because my friends were not going where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And so you have to let go of some of those relationships and attach yourself to other relationships that are going to go where you want to be. So what makes you believe that anyone can become a millionaire? Well, you know, I've got a show called The Millionaire Choice, mm. and uh, I, I'm not a genius, man. <laughs> no way. You know, I kind of laugh. I'm like, this poor boy from Tennessee can figure out how to be a millionaire. Anybody can figure out how to be a millionaire. But the more in- interviews I've done, uh, I have just come to the realization like, man, the, all the stories are like, wow, you know, they're all the same. It's They're all the same. Some of them, most of them have it harder than I had it. Like I just did a, an interview for my show. Um his dad, his father, so he did not come from a silver spoon. His dad was an alcoholic, got a wonderful got young man, 38 years old. I say young. Bryce Henson. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad was an alcoholic, drug addict, and womanizer. And and he, at 10 years old, his mom separated from his dad, and they had nothing. Like that family, they had to split because it was so bad. The relationship was so bad. And that, that guy's 38 years old, and he's a millionaire. I've got other people who were five years old and their mom told them in the grocery store, you can't, don't ask me for a candy bar. JV crumb of the conscious millionaire. Don't ask me for a candy bar. Cause I don't want people to think that I don't have, we don't have money. 
And he goes home and goes, this is a problem. Why can't I buy a candy bar? Five-year-old young boy. And he goes, he goes, I know what the problem is. I'm going to be a millionaire when I grow up. And by age 25, he was a millionaire. And so, and that's what I mean. The more of those stories I hear and they're, they're, and they, some of them are even worse than that. Like it's just like some of the horrendous circumstances that people grow up in, but yet they're able to transcend that. And I think it's a mindset shift because those people all, you know, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're true, right? Both things are right. If you believe you can't do it, then you won't do it. If you believe you can do it, then you will do it. And that's what is true about all the people I've interviewed is that they decided to believe that they can and they broke from their family's way of doing things and they were able to accomplish something great. And in many cases became the first millionaires in their family. So you've got some budgeting tips. Um, Can you share them with the listeners, please? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I break my budget. I don't think budgeting needs to be overly complicated. So a lot of people say budget every penny. And if you're that type of person, go for it. You know, if that if that's what you excite yeah, you. Get, you know, your, get your Excel spreadsheet uh, rocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. And I've done that. I've done mm. that. But I believe more in the cash flow plan, which is going, hey, as a mindset, I don't have to manage every penny. What I have to do is get my cash, my money flowing to things that are beneficial to me. So, but you do have to have a lay of the land, right? So I just break the budget down into four simple categories, which is uh, living money. So how much money does it take you to live on? What do I need to eat, sleep, you know, bathe, you know, electricity, water, food? What are those things that I have to pay every month just to, to exist on the planet, right? The next category would be wealth money. You know, what am I investing for the future? And then uh, play money and other money because you got to have some fun in life. You got to, you know, experience. But the problem is most people have way too much living expense money and way too much play money and not enough in the wealth money or the other's money. Right. And so I'm a big believer that you need to look at that and go, okay, my percentages are off. Right. If you're 90 percent living money, 10 percent play money and zero in wealth and zero in others. It's obvious you're off. And I try to get people to start thinking, like, how can I get, you know, 10 percent, 20 percent, 30 percent of my income, 40 percent, 50 percent of my income into that wealth money bucket? Right. So when people start changing their mindset, when they get a dollar in or, you know, uh, some cash in, they don't automatically think to spend it. They think where they can invest it. And uh, I've got a, a great guy I just listened to, uh, a friend of mine now, I just met him, I've known him for a year, a guy named Jeremy Newsom, and uh, he made his first investment when he was, uh, I believe, six years old. And he invested in, talked his dad into buying Apple stock in like 1996 after watching Forrest Gump, right, with Tom Hanks. So now he's 32 years old. And uh, he's a multi-multi-millionaire, owns his own island in the British Virgin Islands, but he thinks about the world in a different light, too. So instead of thinking about earning money, like he goes, if I want to go to Starbucks, I go, I want Starbucks. So I go invest in Starbucks, I go make money off Starbucks, and then I go buy Starbucks with my Starbucks money that I made from the investments I made in Starbucks. So that's how, if I want a Tesla, he drives Tesla. If I want a Tesla, I go invest in Tesla. I make money off Tesla and then I go buy a Tesla with Tesla money. So he, he thinks about the world and the financial place in a totally different realm, even than I do. He kind of changed my thinking a little bit this weekend. So, uh, but you know, but you original question was budgeting. And, uh, I think all of those things play in together. It's really about getting your cash instead of spending it all, figuring out how to put it to work for you. So instead of working for your money, make your money work for you. 
But that is an interesting thought, isn't it? That um, the the kind of products and services that you spend your money on, you can also invest in them as well. There's this virtuous cycle there, isn't there? And investing really needs to be part of people's mindset to achieve financial independence. Yeah, I think the thing is, is, and I'm guilty of this too, because, you know, I think originally my, my 25-year-old mindset was like, get out of debt, that's bad. And then invest and, re- and uh, live off your wealth at age 40. I didn't do it at age 40, but I did do it at age 46. So I've been living off my investments now for four years. And, uh, you know, I probably could have done it sooner if I didn't have six kids, if I wasn't paying for private school, if I wasn't paying for college. I could have done it a little bit sooner and lived a little bit more, you know, uh, luxuriously, right? But that's not where I'm at. So, but what has changed in my thinking is to go, you know what? I just need to be more disciplined to go every dollar I get, where can I put it? Where can I put it where it multiplies? And I think that's the mindset shift is where can I put this money, this extra money I have so that it multiplies? And that should become part of your mindset and your vernacular every time. Uh, and I, I don't think that I really thought that way for the last you know, 15, 20, well, 25 years. I was thinking about how to live off wealth, but I wasn't thinking about every dollar can be multiplied. And I think that's new new thinking for me. And uh, and it really is changing, changing the way that I look at investing too as well. And especially for someone who's young, if you can start uh, thinking that way, putting your money away, you've got such a head start because it's going to compound over many decades. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm a, I'm a cryptocurrency investor. I don't know if you are, but I've been playing with cryptocurrencies now for three or four years. Um, but there's probably a half a dozen to a dozen cryptocurrencies this year that if you had studied it and been in it, uh, $10,000 would now be a million dollars. Like Dogecoin is one, Shiba's one. Uh, there's a lot more than those. Tailcoin's one. Like there's quite a few cryptocurrencies. So this is a season right now that is, it's very similar in the financial world to what happened with, you know, the internet, with email, with e-commerce, with Amazon, with uh, iTunes and music, where you're looking at these transformative things that were happening in these industries that technology had a profound impact on. That's what's really happening with the financial world. And I think if people can realize that, they can take advantage of it. But, you know, there's only like 23 million uh, cryptocurrency investors in the United States, but there's 340 million people. So we have less than less than 10% of the U.S. populations investing in cryptocurrency. And I haven't looked at the rest of the worldwide stats, so I don't have them at the top of my, you know, top of mind. But you have to understand, you know, in the financial world, if you can recognize those opportunities, uh, you can take advantage of them. Tesla was another great example, right? Tesla's up like, I don't know, 900% over the last 18 months or something. Um, but I've been, Tesla's been out there for 15 years, right? So it's doing very much like an Amazon thing. Amazon was losing money, losing money, losing money, losing money, losing money. And then after 10 or 12 years, all of a sudden it turned a profit. And now it's like, you know, world domination, right? And I think Tesla's following that same model. So if you're looking for these opportunities and can train yourself to, you know, turn off the television, turn off Facebook, turn off all these distractions, and then repurpose your time, then you can turn your time, because they always say, right, time is money, right? And this is one manifestation of that, where how you use your time will turn into money or it will turn it will turn into whatever you're investing it in. Some of that's going to be beneficial for you for the future. Some of it is not. That's uh, so true. How you use your time is uh, so important and um, learning, improving yourself, 
uh, adding new skills. And it's interesting what you say about um, crypto, because, yeah, I, I have some small investments in crypto, but um, there's a lot of people who find it intimidating. They just have no idea what's going on. Another guest that I was speaking to this week was talking about investing not so much directly in crypto, but directly in the companies that deal with crypto as Coinbase, for example. The, the idea is that you're investing in the picks and the shovels. You're not the miner going and trying to dig the gold itself, but uh, you're investing in those picks and shovels. So, so there's, there's many ways of looking at this and the ways of looking at investing and how it suits you personally as well. Yeah, I don't think I think if we got one dimensional, that's the dangerous thing, right? If you get become a one dimensional investor, um, you know, and I'm I'm still learning about this whole thing about finance, but I like to look at it as um, I guess the best way to say it is real money and then fake money. So for me, real money is the same thing it's been for three or four thousand years, right? It's gold, silver, it's land, real estate. And, and business, right? Those are real tangible things that exist in the physical world that produce revenue or um, let you accumulate wealth, right? Um, if you go into the paper world, you've got cash, stocks and bonds um, where you, you think you're an owner of a company, but it's still paper, right? Because paper burns. Um, and, you know, even crypto, like I like crypto, but crypto is kind of still more of the same, right? If you look at the stock market, um, if everybody in the stock market tried to sell their stock at the same time, well, it would implode. The whole market would implode. Same thing would happen in crypto. So it, you're only, uh, your wealth only exists as long as the numbers stay up, you know, in those kind of, in those models or those systems. Whereas if you go to real world wealth, you're looking at, you know, like I said before, gold, silver, land, real estate, and, and business. So I'm a big believer that you can use the paper system or the other systems to build wealth. But you should look at your distribution of that wealth. So don't be like 90 percent in the stock market and 10 percent in real estate. You know, look at look at maybe balancing those a little bit more so that if one implodes, you can fall back on you know the other one and just work those systems together. And that, that is part of learning about it is the asset allocation. I mean, there's a lot of people that I speak to who are gold and silver bugs, and they're sort of looking at the way inflation's going at the moment and saying, well, look, you know, actually just consider having part of your portfolio in gold and silver for those tangible assets. Yeah, and I'm a big believer in that too. I think, you know, during my Dave Ramsey days, uh, Dave's not a big gold, silver guy, and I was not because of that, because, you know, I was kind of like, you know, doing the teaching, following, you know, being the good little student. Um, but the reality is uh, gold and silver have been money for over 3,000 years, and and they're going to continue to be money for 3,000 more. But paper money, on average, only lasts about 75 years. So every currency, every paper currency in history has imploded. So if you had $100,000, so to speak, in gold and silver, well, you can go to any country in the world and it's going to have value. But in you know 50 years, 75 years, you may have $100,000, but it could be zero. It could be actually worth nothing. There's a lot of countries that have seen hyperinflation. I think Zimbabwe, you know, where it got into like the, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000%, but it just gets kind of crazy after a while. But yeah, um, yeah, the diversified portfolio I think is huge. So tell us about the millionaire plan. Yeah, so when when I was twenty five, when what I teach people today because I, you got to get have people get simple concepts right, and I think one of the biggest problems that people have financially is they don't have their own financial vision because no one taught them how to have one, 
Right. So and I, I've learned that from uh, observing, you know, different people like uh, Robert Kiyosaki gives people a vision of real estate. Like, hey, you can be a multi-property owner, you do leverage and that's how you do it. But you can build wealth that way. Um, Dave Ramsey teaches people a debt free uh, vision. Right. He gives them a vision, says, hey, you can be debt free. You have money problems, but get the money problems. Get rid of your debt. and Your money problems go away. Um the millionaire plan and what I'm doing is is what I would call giving people a millionaire vision. And I, I give them a millionaire vision because that's the first milestone. I know that when people go on that journey to become a millionaire, their mindset is going to shift and they're going to shift into a multimillionaire mindset. But if you try to get them to pick up a multimillionaire mindset when they're broke, it's it's almost impossible to do that because it's just too much to bite off. So I start with a millionaire, which is still very, very difficult. People to go from from broke to believing you can be a millionaire, that's a big jump. Uh, from going broke to just getting by, that's a smaller jump. But the millionaire plan, what I do is I teach people to do have the millionaire choice and then create a millionaire plan. And then in between those two principles is all the financial learning and life principles that you need to create, right? So uh, I have what's called the 10 keys of the millionaire. And the first two have nothing to do with money at all. The first one is you have to develop strong character. If you want to build and keep wealth, you got to have strong character, right? I focus on integrity, responsibility, work ethic, self-discipline, and focus. So those are five things that my parents taught me. They didn't teach me about money, but they did teach me about character, and I was able to carry that. The other one we already discussed, which was maximizing your time, right? Everybody has the same amount of time. doesn't matter who you are. you got you know 40 hours a week if you're working or more, but you have you know seven days a week, 24 hours a day. How do you use that time uh, to get ahead? And then the third key, which I think we kind of touched on, which is uh, you got to get money smart, right? So I don't care if you're Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, everybody has to learn about money to be successful. And once you get those three things solidified, the, the fourth key is a, is a money mentor, right? Finding somebody you can learn from. Uh, I was a do-it-yourself guy. So I started learning from magazines. And so magazines were my mentor, books were my mentor. But I wish I had learned to go find somebody who had already been on the journey I was on that I could mimic or follow or ask questions to. I didn't really get that until I was in my thirties and, and I wish I had found that sooner. And and it's just very important because you you can either learn from, uh, you can learn from your own mistakes. You can learn from other people's mistakes. If you learn from other people's mistakes, you're going to, you're going to make less of your own mistakes. And that's a very important thing uh, to go through. So the millionaire plan, once you, once you get all that and you do your learning and you start learning about, you know, how to increase your income, how to save and invest aggressively, how to avoid debt or get out of debt. You know, those are basic building blocks for a financial plan. I just say, hey, let's put this all together, man, because once you have that and you understand it, it is predictable on when you can become a millionaire. Like you can get down to a date. And that's what I did. I I did it at 25. I'm like, you know what? I believe based on the numbers, I can be a millionaire by age 40. And that's what I started working on. And a wonderful thing happened when I did that is because I was able to hit that, but it didn't happen the way I expected it to, right? So I was basing my millionaire plan off of a $39,000 income with, that would go up slightly. What actually happened was, and I didn't have my wife's $20,000 in debt figured into it because I didn't know her. I didn't have six kids with diapers and private school figured into the equation, Right. But what happened was because I said that that was my goal, because that was my purpose and my direction, it happened anyway, but it just, it it happened in a slightly different method. So I'm a big believer that once you get moving, that is one of the most important things is learn the, learn the, learn the fundamental principles and then just get moving in the right direction. And the other things will start to work out. 
At least they did for me. So a millionaire plan is going to uh, deal with like three components. It's going to deal with your income. Like how much income do you have and how's your income going to grow? So you should you should each year be thinking about how to increase your income. It's possible for people to increase their income, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 percent a year uh, over a period of time. Like those are realities. The other one is debt. Like what? how are you dealing with debt? Like are you going to be a no debt person, which I am? Are you going to leverage debt like Robert Kiyosaki or, uh, you know, Grant Cardone? Uh, those guys are okay with a little bit more debt risk. I like a little bit more debt security. So I don't make, I didn't build my wealth through debt. I built my wealth through uh, investing and hard work and income growth. And then the third one is obviously your investing strategy. Like how are you multiplying your money? Whether that's, um, I've got one friend, uh, he, he has shifted his brain. And when he gets a dollar, he goes, what am I investing in? He'll rest in racehorses, dogs, you know, for dog racing. He'll do, you know, fractional ownership of horses. He's got Tesla. He's got, like, he, he is wired to go, where am I sticking this money that I just got? And so he, that's where he does. And he just goes, puts, puts money all over the place. Um, he made some really good money on Shiba, uh, cryptocurrency. It jumped, uh, I think a hundred X, uh, recently, and uh, he made, I think, I don't know, $45,000 or something on it. And so he's wired to look for those. So when you put that, when you put that much out there, some of that's going to return back to you. And so you need those income, uh, debt, and investing plan. And then once you have those three, you can actually come down to a predictive uh, date when you can say, hey, I'm going to be a millionaire plus or minus a year. This is when I think I'm going to become a millionaire. And then what happens is with my clients is once you do that, your brain starts to work in new and different ways. And you'll start figuring out ways to accelerate that date. So, Tony, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you today. How can listeners find out more about you, your podcast, your book, and uh, the information about becoming a millionaire? Yeah, first, let me thank you for having me on the show. I just really enjoy being able to share some of my vision. Um, yeah, I, I give away my book. I want to get this book in as many people's hands as possible, so it's 100% free on my website. You can download it for free um, on an ebook format. There's also another book that I put out there called Creating Millionaire Families, you know, because I'm not, I'm not just a millionaire. I'm trying to turn my little six kids into, into millionaires as well. So I've got some thoughts on that. But you can get both of those ebooks for free at themillionairechoice.com. And uh, if you want my paperback, you can get that for free as well. Just pay shipping and handling. And then I do something that's kind of unique is uh, I, I carve out a day, an hour of my day each day to do financial coaching for anybody that needs it. Because I know there's a lot of single moms out there or people that need it that would never talk to somebody on their own. So I just try to make myself available. And if anyone's interested, they can book that right through the millionairechoice.com. It's a money mentor link. Uh, it's just a free hour for money mentor coaching. And yeah, you just go check it out. That's the millionairechoice.com. And the podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is called The Millionaire Choice, Make the Choice, Create Your Plan, which is what I did at age 25. But you can get that on any of the platforms, Spotify. and uh, But yeah, it's available on all the major platforms. And I've got you know 70-something episodes out there of you know million, where I talk to millionaires and future millionaires about how to build wealth and then what to do with it once you have it, because I believe wealth has a purpose, and that's to make the world a better place. Tony, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Philip. I really enjoyed it. Stocks for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Stocks for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.